Hey everybody, this episode of Guitar Radio Show is brought to you by Nico's USA Pickups. Made in America, incorporating period-specific materials for the most discerning guitarist, the tone will easily captivate your ears with an amazing balance of highs, mids, and bass response yielding unprecedented sound and feel. They have authentic tone from authentic materials. They're handcrafted in the USA. Nico's USA Pickups. Folks, go to nicosusapickups.com for more. We are giving away a set of Nico's USA Pickups, 69 Voodoo, calibrated Strat set. You want to win it? Go to guitarradioshow.com. Go to the Contact GRS tab. Fill in the information and put in the comment box, I want those pickups, and you are automatically entered. And if that wasn't enough, the fine folks at NicosUSAPickups.com is running a special for guitar radio show listeners only. Folks, go to NicosUSAPickups.com and on your next purchase, when you're in checkout, type in the promo code GRSROCKS, one word in caps, and receive 10% off your purchase. Plus, they're going to throw in a Nico's USA Pickups t-shirt as well. This offer is valid through the month of August and expires on September 1st, 2015. So folks, go get yours. NicosUSAPickups.com Experience Tone. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 82 of Guitar Radio Show, the show dedicated to all things guitar, dedicated to the guitar player, guitar builder, gear maker, and the purveyors of such items that you may not know about, but you should. I'm your host, Mark David, and today's show is dedicated to an amazing guitar player who always thinks outside of the box. Folks, if you don't know who this guitar player is, I feel bad. But today you're going to get to find out. She has played with the likes of Michael Jackson. For 10 years, she was his guitar player. And she has played with Jeff Beck. And she is brilliant. Ms. Jennifer Batten is with us today for a full-length interview and to tell us about her latest project, which I can't wait for you to hear about because I can't believe no one has thought of this before. I especially can't believe I didn't think of it. I'm so angry with myself. (laughs) Folks, you can go to jenniferbatten.com to learn more, but you're going to hear about it all today, and we're going to delve into the past, the present, the future, and what she's got going on. I'm super excited to have Jennifer Batten as a guest on Guitar Radio Show. It's an honor beyond my belief. Folks, guitarradioshow.com. Come on over. The water's fine. Check it out. We've got chocolate. Email us at guitarradioshow at gmail.com. Please check us out on our Facebook. Uh, follow us, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, Vine, all those places. We'll follow you back. Uh, you can hear the show on guitarradioshow.com, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Podbay, Podomatic, iPod Directory, Player FM, all those places. And when you do, please rate and review the show. 
because uh, it really helps out a lot, and we appreciate it. Folks, we've got lots of cool things coming up. I want to remind you about this amazing giveaway that we're doing with NikosUSAPickups.com. If you haven't entered, go and enter now because you can enter. You can win a free set of 69 Voodoo pickups from Nikos. Um, I have these pickups in my guitar and one of my strats, man. And actually, you heard it at the beginning of the show. You heard some of it there. Throaty, man. I love the throaty sound, but I get such a wide spectrum of tones through these pickups. It's incredible, but I'm really into that throaty thing. You can get the Strat vibe. I can almost get a Tele thing going on. I certainly get a P90 thing going on, which is trippy to come out of these particular pickups and through a Strat. Super cool. So anyway, go to GuitarRadioShow.com. Go to the Contact GRS tab. Fill out the information there and put in the comment box, I want those pickups. Hit enter and you're automatically entered. Beyond that, the cool people over at Nico's USA have uh, done a little something special. For everybody who listens to Guitar Radio Show, when you go to nicosusapickups.com and you create a purchase, you make a purchase in their online store, at checkout, Click on the coupon code and put in the coupon code GRS ROCKS, all in caps, one word, and you get 10% off your purchase. Plus, they're going to throw in a t-shirt as well. I don't even have this t-shirt. I want one. Just saying. <laughs> this is very, very cool. Folks, experience tone, NikosUSAPickups.com. I uh, want to remind you, Adam Hunt is back in the fold, and we are going to start running his, um, actually this week, when this when this airs, on Wednesday, on Thursday, you will see an Adam Hunt uh, blog. I'm not going to tell you which one it is, because I haven't picked. I've got a few to pick from, and they're all so good. And uh, me and Steve Cohn, who's got a new album coming out. Steve's got a new solo album coming out, and we're going to be premiering that here. We're going to actually have him on the show to do some gas report. And also uh, play a couple of tracks from his from his new uh, uh, record. So we got all that coming up. Plus, we've got a whole bunch of cool guests coming up. Let me just read you off a quick list here. Let's see. We got, of course, today Jennifer Batten. Oh my God, Dario Larina from Black Label Society. We've got uh, Rachel Rickett from Crash Dolls. Uh, Mato Nanji from Indigenous. Oh my God, Tony uh, Savarino, Ulrich Ellison. Great guitarist from here in Austin, uh, by way of Austria. Um, Tom Caulfield, Joe Lewis Walker, Adrian X, The Road Vikings, and it goes on from there. There's more to talk about, but I don't want to let the cat out of the bag. I just got an email from one of my Telecaster heroes, and that's all I'm going to say. He said that he wants to be on the show, and i got to make it happen now. Oh, man, I'm so psyched. So anyway... I have some uh, snippets that I want to play for you, some excerpts from, from uh, some Jennifer Batten uh, and turn you on to her incredible solo work and then get into the interview. So you ready? Here we go. Guitar Radio Show. GuitarRadioShow.com They need a hand for what they need. Yeah. <laughs> That's not that idea.
I'm very happy and honored to have with us tonight Ms. Jennifer Batten. How are you, Jennifer? I am doing great in the heat of the Northwest, which is so unusual. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we're really glad to have you on the show. And, uh, folks, you can go to batten.com to find out about what's going on with Jennifer. Uh, something in particular that's going on with her right now is she's getting ready to embark on a tour with something really special called the self-empowerment for the modern musician experience. This is one of those things where, you know, I, I got to be honest with you. When I, when, when I saw the video, the, the uh, promo video for this, I was like, I can't believe someone hasn't thought of this already. <laughs> yeah, it's about time, huh? It, yeah, way overdue. Way overdue. So uh, I definitely want to get into talking about that. So why don't we well, let's just jump right in and talk, start talking about that? Because sure. because the video I'm going I'm coming to see you uh, at San Antonio for this. Um, okay. Because I won't be able to make the Austin one, unfortunately. I'll be out of town, but I'm getting back the day that you do it. I'm back that night, so I'm going to get to see you the uh, the next two days later. I think it is. Oh, cool. I'm glad you can make it. Yeah, for sure. Um, tell folks about this, because this is, this is important for musicians and long overdue. Yeah, it's very important. Um, there's, it contains so much stuff, it's, it's hard to streamline and say exactly what it is. So I'll, I'll just motor mouth and start. But basically, it, it's a combination 
listen to a lot of stuff. Um, you know, you go to music school and you learn about scales and arpeggios and reading chord charts and on and on and on. And once you graduate, you kind of get a boot out the door and you're on your own. And it's a big, big world out there. And it has changed so much in the last few years. And I found so many people that I talk to are completely unaware of the tools that are available to them now. In part because there's so much noise out there. I mean, everybody gets pelted with one, two, three hundred emails a day, and mm. you just want to hit delete because it's just too much. Yeah. So I spent a lot of time uh, filtering out the crap, essentially, <laughs> and finding the good stuff, like apps that are really valuable to my life that I've, I've turned a lot of people onto. Um, books that I think are must-haves. There's not a ton of them, but there's, there's some, like The Artist's Way. It's a, it's, kind of, it's kind of an underground book that's gone mainstream with artists. It's just one of the most empowering books out there. Um, and I, I kind of take a holistic view of the whole musician that goes way beyond what your fingers do and uh, into the the real world of things like travel. You know, I've been traveling around the world for 30 years and it can be really daunting for somebody that's starting out and haven't been quite beat up like I have. <laughs> <laughs> you know, something as simple as uh, finding out the best way to get your guitar on board or at least ways to not have it end up in three pieces when you reach the other side. <laughs> I've learned so much over the years and I, I just want to you know, kind of exploding with information and I'm putting it out there in 15 to 20 minute chunks during this three and a half hour seminar because there's so many different subjects I want to get into. Sorry, I cut you off. Go for it. So, um, no, go ahead. Keep going. Oh, okay. <laughs> you might have to get a crowbar to get a word in. No, go for it. Let's like, get on a rampage with this. Um... So travel is one thing. Fuel. Uh, normally people think of that as gasoline you put in your car, but the way I deal with fuel is not only food and drink, but what you put in your brain. Mm-hmm. Like uh, what's coming in from the TV and the internet and the radio. Um, as far as fuel, I just want to create an awareness of what people are putting in their bodies that might be clogging their energy and slowing them down. Mm-hmm. So basically, if you think of yourself like an Olympic athlete, for instance, or at least the potential of that, there's a team of people around each athlete that is very concerned about the quality of food that's going into them, as well as the sleep and training schedule and all that stuff. So really, there's no reason why we shouldn't all be doing that for ourselves to get our engines at the optimal performance. So I've, I've got a lot of, uh, you know, it's not going to be a corporate thing by any stretch where I'm going to have a bunch of words and read them to you and make you go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I have some very, very quick, powerful video clips and slides and, and stories. Anytime there's a story from my life that I can um, throw in there, I, I find it's a way that people retain the information better. They can connect it with an emotional event of some sort. Right. And then I go into fuel for the brain. Um, 
you know, someone told me many years ago to just stop watching the news. Um, and since then, whenever the news comes on, if I'm in the car or something, listening to something cool on NPR, then all of a sudden the news kicks in and it's about murder and war and blood and guts. It's like, I realize how that affects me. Oh, For the next 20 or 30 minutes, I'm just outraged and my blood pressure is high. And, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it doesn't do you any good unless it's something like there was an earthquake and you want to fly there and help rebuild or give money or something. But to really absorb it full on, like when we all watched 9-11, the planes are going into the towers over and over in a loop for three weeks. You know, beyond being aware of the information, um, you don't need that loop in your brain. You know, it just uh, sucks energy away from you instead of putting fuel back into you. So I don't go on a a rant like that, but um, I just want to make people absolutely aware of what's going on when we do that. But, well, I grew up in a household. My mother wanted to watch the 5 o'clock, the 6 o'clock, and the 11 o'clock news. And you go to sleep on that stuff, and you're going to have hellish dreams, and it's going to affect your life. You know, so it's just creating an awareness on that level, too, of what's going in. There are many, many options, and I have a lot of suggestions of very positive stuff to fuel your brain. I totally I, I totally agree with you. I, I, I mean, there, the, the sensationalism is toxic in general. Absolutely, toxic is the word. You know, and I've got a list of stuff like comedy podcasts that, that you know, it's like taking a vitamin for your brain. It's wonderful. Absolutely. One of the other things that you're covering in there, which is what I'm, I'm super excited about, is you're going to be covering the law of attraction and visualization, which is one, yeah, buddy. Which is one of those things that is huge in my life, huge in my family's life, and is how this podcast is, was born and um, and this whole radio show. Uh, oh wow! It's how it's how I, I've it's how I've gotten gotten everything I've I have in my life was through visualization. Um, ah, fantastic! And and I, I'm so excited to to see see that somebody. Of, of your stature and your influence is going to bring this kind of information to the masses because that can be a game changer for a lot of people. I, I agree. Absolutely it can. And for a long time it's kind of been off in the corner with the New Age crystal crowd, but now science is catching up to spirituality and they're, they're finding uh, evidence Mm-hmm. of this happening. For instance, there's a guy named William Tiller that's he's probably in his late 70s now that is, is doing intention experiments remotely for autistic kids and getting those kids that had never, never spoke their whole lives all of a sudden they're starting to talk mm-hmm. because they've had this mass of energy like a dozen people focusing on that. Mm-hmm. And it's it's, it's pretty magical, but it's real. It's very real in my life, and I have a, a lot of stories to share about it. And I also um, give some tips on making vision boards and visualization. In fact, right before you called, I was recording a meditation um, for stage confidence. So if people can listen to this and, and get that 
the idea of the visualization of, um, you know, kicking ass on stage, really seeing it and being an emotional, getting in an emotional state about seeing that happen. Mm-hmm. And it really affects you. It really affects your, your next performance. It's going to be stronger because your, uh, your brain believes it happened. Absolutely. Absolutely. Or, or sports guys do that as well. You know, basketball players will visualize their next mm-hmm. basket, or runners will visualize their doing a four-minute mile or something. Absolutely. So it's in, it's in all all walks of life, all genres, and why not in music? Absolutely. The the Chinese. Uh, I, I stu- I've been studying Chinese medicine for the last twenty years, and. Oh. One of the things that the Chinese say, the Chinese have a word called li, L-I, which means intent or intention. You know, and I, I've talked about it on this show before and that if your intent is strong, there's absolutely nothing you can't achieve. That's right. That's right. It's, it's mostly us that gets in our own ways for various reasons. That's how so we get into a module. Yeah, it's how we reroute right. reroute the the synapse. It's how we do it. You know, and the same absolutely, and it's and the same. It, it transposes into every part of our life. You know, our, our relationships, our relationship with the guitar, our relationships with people, our relationships with business, with with our food, with with everything. You know, so yeah, I, I'm I'm I. When I saw what you were doing, I was like, oh, I've got to talk to her about this. this <laughs> good. Good, so good. It's super cool. Well, it, once, once people realize that their brain is basically a hard drive that can be programmed and reprogrammed, it's, it's like the, the world is your oyster. It's like, what do you want in there? That's right. And I'll, I'll give ways of clearing the stuff that you don't want in there. Right. Yeah, disconnect from the grid once in a while and create your own grid. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> so, uh, you know, one of the things I usually start with, but I was so psyched to talk to you about this particular subject. One of the things I always love to talk about is origins of, of a musician and what did your geographics and your culture and what was what was it that made you decide music and moreover what made you decide the guitar and moreover of that what made you decide the electric guitar <laughs> well it, it's not as glamorous as you would think it was jealousy I was 8 years old and my sister had a guitar and I didn't and that pissed me off <laughs> <laughs> well, that that worked for Stevie Ray Vaughan. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, okay. But it probably works in a lot of families. You know, one kid has an instrument, they start having fun with it, and of course, everybody else wants one. So that was the beginning. Um, in, in fact, I kind of go through a condensed life story and talk about the, you know, the motivating factors and seeds that were planted along the way. And, when I did get my first guitar, which was very unusual way back when, my dad bought me an electric guitar. So, you know, that looked like the guitars that the Beatles had on TV and the Hunkies and the Stones. And so that, I think that kind of set me on the electric path. Although I don't think it was another 10 or 15 years before I got a distortion pedal. <laughs> so you were just having to turn it up. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, so right. After, so once you started learning and started, I mean, was it, was it pretty much like for me, it was the radio was my best friend. So I sat with the radio and I just kind of plunked stuff out and figured it out. Was it the same way for you or was it formal lessons right away? Um, I took formal lessons right away, learning how to read out of the, you know, Alfred's book one. Uh-huh. And uh, I took lessons pretty pretty much straight until I went to the Musicians Institute, which is the third class they ever had. But in my teen years, I really got into blues records. And I would take my allowance and go get all the, the cheap cutout records and strap them to the back of my bicycle, take them home and... Just uh, jam along in my bedroom for many years, mm-hmm. and I, I had this amp that was so noisy and hissy, and I would just pretend, you know, visualization naturally mm-hmm. that that noise was the audience going. <laughs> <laughs> so you know that combined with uh, a, a lot of a lot of natural visualizations along the way, like having a keychain with a picture of. Van Halen on a stage to 100,000 people. It's just, I just had that around me all the time, and this vision was in my head for years and years and years, and uh, things manifested along the way. And uh, I'll be telling a bunch of stories like that. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. Um, so, so then it was you starting bands and and uh, were there any were there any cultural. Uh, you know, whether were, were there any cultural things that 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 kind of influenced the style that you currently have, or was it just all the different players you know, along the road? I was exposed to a lot of different kinds of music. My dad was really into jazz, Coltrane, Joe Pass, Charlie Parker, so that was always playing in the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, my older sister was in the Motown. Mm-hmm. And then it was pop radio that I listened to as a teen. Um, when I went to Musicians Institute, I went full on bebop jazz because two of the three teachers at that time were solely bebop players. And the third, Don Mop, was a, more of a fusion player. So I, I just had all this input from all over the map and experimented with a lot of different things. Um, and eventually, whatever music popped out of me, you know, that's, that's the filter your brain puts everything, all the input, eventually have to output through your own filter of what resonates with you. Yeah, it's a big, so it's, it's, it's a big it's meat not, grinder. It's hard to say. I'm sorry? <laughs> yeah, it's a big meat grinder. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, it's always been frustrating when people say, what kind of music do you play? It's like, I, I can't really come up with a label, because if you say fusion, that sounds like you know, 70s, uh, leave right now, they called in, it's not really that. No. It's oral beat and no. rock and roll and <laughs> a mishmash. And, and the last one, I mean, the influence was from Jeff Beck. When I joined his band, he was getting into electronica and that hugely influenced me and pretty much the last record I wrote for him. So it's the stuff that didn't make it out of his record again. Uh, record called whatever. Yeah, and I love that record. It's actually it's it's a record that I can listen to. You know, if I if I'm putting on uh, if I'm putting on who uh, who else, it seems like the the logical conclusion to that would be the whatever album. You know, it kind of oh, cool. it kind of it, it's they're, they're they're perfect. They're bookends to each other in, in many ways. You know. Oh, I like it. 
I like your thinking. Um, it, and and from a from a tonal quality too, and that's another thing I want to get into with you too. I want to talk about tone because um, you know, I, obviously, everyone knows you. Everyone knows you played with Michael Jackson for was it ten years? You were Michael. Yes. So you were Michael Jackson. Yeah, three tours. Yeah, three tours, ten years. You know, and here you are playing stadiums. You know, there's no smoky bars. It's stadiums. <laughs> you know, and and uh, trying to uh, trying to capture the same tone every night was that was that a difficult task to do or? Before modeling, you know, so yes. so you were, you know, I mean, what were you, what were you traveling with? What kind of amps were you traveling with at that point? Uh, back then, you know, it was kind of like a limitless budget to take whatever the hell you want. I, I ended up with a ridiculous refrigerator-sized rack full of. I mean, this was before multi effects, the first tour, the bad tour. Right. So you you couldn't get a unit with everything in it. I had one rack space just for reverb, another for delay, another for chorus. Um, I had two Boogie Mark three amps, one set for clean, one set for dirty, going through a very heavy Boogie Strategy four hundred power amp. So it, it was actually fairly basic. It wasn't a huge amount of effects. Um, just because there, there wasn't a huge amount of effects on the guitars on Michael's records. Right. And we spent we spent a month in a room as a band before we even met him. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that time was just working on sound. So once we had our sounds programmed, it was the same every night. Yeah. Just bam, 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 go from this song to that song. And because everything was so choreographed, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with the pyro and costume changes, it's not like Michael's going to call an oddball song. You know, it's right. happened in the same order. Right. Well, yeah, it had to. Uh, otherwise, someone could get killed. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And and um, I mean, because your sound was gigantic. It was. It was. It was just enormous. And um, you know, I, I mean. It, it, you, you knew where the money went, that's for sure. As far as, as <laughs> you know, it was like it was perfect when that when when you went for a solo, there was no wondering, hey, where is she in the mix? You were right there. You were right there, and, and you were, it was like an ice pick in the forehead, as Frank Zappa would say. Um, <laughs> and it was just just really just astounding. And I I always wondered. What's what's that like in regards to, you know, when you work with a large band like Michael's band? That was a fairly big band. Um, yeah. What what's the difference between working in a large band like that with that many players and that many dynamics, and then you go ahead and you're with with uh, with Jeff Beck, and you're doing, um, you know, two guitars, bass, drums, and a sequencer. 
Yeah, well, a lot of the keyboard sounds have probably at least half, if not more, of my whole thing was triggering uh, synthesizer sounds, guitar synth. Right. So a lot of those sounds you heard were coming from the guitar, and it, it confused people. I remember record execs would meet us backstage, and this one guy was just so confused as to where the sounds were coming from. <laughs> But uh, to answer your question, it was night and day different from Michael. Michael's thing was very regulated, very this song to that song, always the same every night, costume changes. Um, I was like the only lucky one in the band that they got to improvise several times a night. And Jeff's thing was completely the opposite, where, you know, there was a set, a set list that might change a little bit from night to night, but he wanted the, the music to change. You know, he didn't want it to be stagnant at all. He wanted us to constantly experiment mm-hmm. and, you know, send him to different places. Right. So it, it was a, a thousand times more responsibility because instead of being in the band with another guitar plus two keyboard players, you know, if I, if I screwed up a chord, nobody was going to notice. But for Jeff, I was the rhythm, you know, the, the topic, the harmony. Right. So um, it took... You know, a lot more concentration and a lot more inventiveness mm-hmm. to, to try to be creative every night. Well, I'll tell you, I saw I saw that tour twice, and mm. you looked like you were having a lot of fun. You were busy as hell. You were doing a lot of tap dancing too, but um, as far as <laughs> pedals, but uh, but yeah. you look you look like you were really having a lot of fun. Oh yeah, um, Jeff is a blast. He, he was. Yeah, he's been my guitar hero since I was about 13 or 14 and was hearing Blow by Blow on the radio. You know, that was just a whole other thing. Yeah. <laughs> a whole other pile of ear candy. And I followed his career, and at one point I learned all the solos on Blow by Blow and his uh, follow-up record, Wired. Yeah. And I learned a lot from that. And in fact, I tell guitar students, there's two solos that you need to learn, and they're both the ballads. Um, the Stevie Wonder tune because we ended his lovers mm-hmm. and goodbye pork by hat that stuff that is you know it's it's not difficult to learn because it's slow the ballads right. but it's where all the nuance is just in your face with all the wacky evil sounds that he invented and just the way his vibrato is the tremolo bar is yes. just insane harmonics it's, it's like that's that's the guitar bottle right there. Those two songs. Absolutely. In my world. Man, I I gotta tell you that is the truth, uh, and no pun no pun intended. Um, uh, Goodbye, pork pie hat. The first time I heard that, it was it changed my life. It really did. Um, Here's a funny story, a real quick one. I'm in a car. This is bizarre. I'm in a car with Rick Nielsen from Cheap Trick. And we're listening, and back when, when there were cassettes, and we're listening to Goodbye Pork Pie Hat. Now, here's a guitar player who I'm a big fan of, one, another one of my heroes growing up, and he's listening to his hero on, on my car stereo. And, nice. And we're we're getting to a point in the in the song, you know, where he just kind where he just kind of growls those those notes, and. Nielsen's punching me in the arm going, do you hear that? Do you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> he, he joined us backstage on the 
Yeah, I mean that's one of those moments of like, wow, look at this. Yeah. You know, it's it's uh, it's amazing what what uh, what music can do to people. It's wonderful. And it's so fun to to listen to people's influences. Like, you know, I spent so much time around Jeff for three years to just watch him, just to watch him listen to an old blues record that mm-hmm. you know he learned when he was a teenager. It's he does. Oh, he'd be embarrassed if I said said this, but he's did air guitar. <laughs> he would stab me if he <laughs> But, you know, he knew every note from the stuff from his early childhood. And it, it's just very fascinating to see the history that went into making him. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, you know, something I'm curious to know about you. Did um, Were you on the scene when Zappa was still around? Yes. Had he ever heard you? Um, I don't think so. Uh, I know Dweezil did. Uh-huh. I had a student that was a, a school friend of Dweezil's. And I used to have these wacky solos I would put on my answering machine and change them out every couple of weeks. And <laughs> the student told me that he, he had Dweezil listen to one of them one time. So whether he passed it on to Frank, I have no idea. I wonder, because, you know, Frank would have, I think Frank would have gone bonkers over you and your playing. <laughs> well, that's a fun thought. Yeah, absolutely. And another person that I would love to see, I would love to see a duo record with, and, and this should happen. I'm putting it out there, world. This should happen. Jennifer, Jennifer Batten and Steve Vai. I'm just saying. Okay. Wouldn't that be a killer record? Yeah, let's go. Let, let's do that. I got to make some phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> you set it up and then you, you be, become my manager instantly. <laughs> I just want a copy of the record, man. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's talk about, I want to talk about your your uh, your. Uh, True Fire thing, the thing that you had with the uh, 50 Ultra Intervallic Guitar Licks that you must know? Yeah. Walk us through that. Okay, well, when I... Actually, before I went to Musicians Institute, which at the time was only the Guitar Institute, because that was all there was. We had to hire a bass and drums to play with us at the time. It was the third class they ever had. There was a symposium a uh, weekend symposium that was advertised in Guitar Player Magazine that was trying to get uh, people interested in the school. They were just starting out. And it sounded like something interesting. So I was living in San Diego at the time. I drove up to L.A. for the weekend. And it was all kinds of great, mostly jazz guitar players. Howard Roberts, Jackie King, Mondell Lowe, Tony Tedesco, that did these uh, lectures back-to-back, and it was just a powerhouse of information. And at the end, they all played together, and Joe DiOrio was one of the guys there. And his playing just knocked me out, and something that really stood out is he was using these wide interval skips. And once I started going to the school, there was a, a book he put out called Interbolic Designs, and I was so intrigued by the, the whole idea of that, and it sounded so fresh to my ear that I memorized the book. And this was, gosh, 78, 79, 
and I, it's been in my playing all these years, and then it's kind of, you know, all these decades later, um, I was thinking of courses to do for True Fire. I had done one on rhythm and another one on soloing, and intervalic playing is another passion. So I dug into that again, and it was so much fun, and it just kind of rekindled the flame. Um, I came up with it, it takes a lot to come up with 50 legs <laughs> you know I scrounge in the corners of my brain to, to come up with some fresh material but you know there's all of a sudden I have all this new stuff that I'm uh, incorporating into my newer solos now so it's um, it's challenging it's, it's big jumps with the right hand instead of going string to string you jump strings a lot um but I, I love it. It's, it's kind of one of my secret weapons. That's cool. And I, I was watching a video of that earlier. And, uh, you know, uh, most folks know I'm a blues guy. I'm a, I'm a blues player. Yeah. I love all kinds of music because music is a buffet table, you know. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and, and, and I'm in awe of all these, all these players who, who do something otherworldly and I'm listening to these to these licks and I'm going I can't I don't know if I can do that <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I, th- I think you I know, might get hurt <laughs> it's like it's like anything whether it's tapping or sweet picking or side playing and you take a tiny chunk at a time mm-hmm. and you know take down two bars but very slowly and then take another two bars and that's that's still how I learn stuff yeah. In fact, I'll tell you one of the one of the things that I'm enjoying in the seminar is a, a module on this. I'm pretty much in Los Angeles for this app called Transcribe, and it's a, a slow downer app, but it does a lot more. Uh, you can change pitch, you can change uh, tempo, um, you can loop anything easily. You can export the loops and choose, you know, export 50 times, and bam, it's done. And I. Anytime I have a gig, I throw the tunes in there, and I can uh, make markers for verse, chorus, solo. And a, a lot of times, for instance, this tour I did in Europe in the spring, I put each song in there, and any parts that were uh, a problem for me, I would export them, loop 20, 30, 40 times, and then make an iTunes playlist with all the difficult stuff. So I could just jump from one section to the other to the other and get stuff down. And in fact, you know, I was a believer in this stuff before I really got deep into it. But I had a gig with Jeff Lorber, who was one of the fathers of fusion music, great sure. piano player. And I was given the music, uh, the sheet music and audio, and there was a couple things I was supposed to double with keyboards and sax. And I, I first started to do it, and I thought, God, this is really kicking my butt. I'm not sure that in two weeks I'm going to have it together. But I put it in transcribe and started these lines at as slow as 25% speed, which is like watching a snail walk. <laughs> you know, so slow. And I would take four bars at a time and play it very slowly and perfectly, and then grab another four bars. And it was kind of a natural progression. When I, when my brain had learned it to a certain level, I knew that I could raise the um, speed a little bit. And it, it, I was just amazed. At the end of two weeks, I nailed it. You 
you know, it's, it's like getting it in your brain perfectly. Because so many people will try to learn stuff. I mean, everybody wants it now, right? You want it top speed and you want to have it done now. Sure. And when you play and learn too fast, what you do, what you do is learn mistakes. So, you know, when you get on your stage, that your brain is going to go, well, do you want this version, the, the correct version, or the incorrect version? Because the brain doesn't know. You know, you, you did maybe the correct version 70% of the time, and 30% of the time you screwed up. So it's not a good way to program your brain. So that's in one of the modules in this seminar is how to learn a song. Because, you know, you go to music school, and they'll, they'll tell you this is what's in the song and these are the tools you need but I've never had anybody say this is how to learn a song so I'm going to break it all down for people oh, this is cool this is so great this, I mean, this could be a, a whole new change for me too. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. This is going to be great. So, what, what kind of what, what kind of gear are you taking with you for this? I mean, how many cities are you doing for this? I got. I lost track. It's over fifty dates now. Um, some of them are clinics. About half are clinics where I'm going to be demoing the the new Fishman Triple Play Wireless MIDI system, which is friggin' awesome. Yeah, I saw uh, that at the Dallas co- show. That was cool. Okay. Well, my co-host Jesse Solomon and I are, are going to do some tunes together. To in fact, we're I have one medley I put together that's all horns. It's like. Chicago, Earth, Wind, and Fire, James Brown, just going back to back, and we're playing all the horns with guitars. Cool. Then I have another one I'm breaking down, I Am the Walrus, and I'm deleting certain parts in the tracks and playing, like, first horns on guitar and then playing strings and cello. Uh, It is a phenomenal piece of gear. And also, Digitech has come out with a phenomenal new piece, too, called the Trio, which is a pebble that's Band in the box technology. And it's, I have no idea how it even works, but you strum a chord progression on guitar, kick in a, uh, well, you kick in a learn, uh, a learn button, and then you strum the chord progression, kick another button in, and it will spit back drums and bass for your progression. Wow. Instantly. So you don't need to get into a laptop and a learning curve or programming. It's just pretty mindless, painless. And I think it's one of the greatest tools for songwriters ever invented. And uh, so those are the clinics. And then another chunk is going to be the self-empowerment seminars. <clears throat> and then I have two or three multimedia shows as well. Or like I play in sync with films that I've made. So it's going to be a jam-packed summer. I booked a living not out of us. <laughs> There's hardly any days off. <laughs> well, that's good. That's it. You know, you know uh, Idle Hands is a devil's workshop. Now, I look forward to Idle Hands. I haven't seen those in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> so what kind of gear are you bringing with you? You know, I am very excited uh, for the first time in a long time with everything I'm taking. One of the things is a brand new amp that will blow your mind, and it's going to take playing through it to believe it. And I was lucky enough to know the guy that invented it as a great guitar player. His name is Thomas Blug, B-L-U-G. And he's got an amp. The amp actually has two names. It's Blug Guitar, B-L-U-G, and then the G 
again, starts to work your charm. It's also called Amp One. And what it is, is a three pound, essentially 100 watt four channel Marshall. And he's been engineering uh, amps for Hughes and Kettner for 20 years. And he offered this amp to them, and they didn't want it. They, you know, they probably thought people want something that weighs more and looks more like a big Marshall. But this thing is small enough that you can put it in your gig bag. And it has a nanotube tube in it, so you do get the tube saturation. And this, this guy's like the Einstein of sound when it comes to amps. Hmm. I have seen him play at trade shows with Hughes and Kettner for uh, several times. Always very impressive. He's got 10 or 12 records out. And he's a great player and somebody that really knows sound. And a lot of times people that are the amplifiers are not great players. So they might come up with all this great technical stuff that looks good on paper, but when it comes to gigging, it's like, eh, you should put this in it and that in it. But Thomas thought of everything. Um, he's got MIDI capability. He's got a, a programmable foot pedal that can go with it, which I don't have. I, I'm using um, I'm using the amp loop in Digitex RP1000. I've been using processes for many years because I, I like to use a ton of different effects. Mainly because I'm doing multi-instrumental music, so I, I want to, you know, for the ADD generation, I want to have different sounds coming up, like, every section of the song. And I also, it also has an expression pedal on it, so I use whammy pedal a lot, and wah, and any other way I can possibly express. So it's basically those two things. The Digitech effects and this Amp 1 Thomas Blue Amp, which I think... This week or next week is the first time it's going to start to be distributed in America. Huh. And it's coming through the Engel company, E-N-G-L, um, who has a, a lot of distributors in America. Cool. But you can go online and look up Luke Amp, and he's got all kinds of information and videos. Uh, some are in German, because that's where we live. But he's fluent in English and does videos in English as well. Cool. And what about guitars? Guitars, um, I was really hoping to have the new Washburn Parallax uh, ready for this tour, but it's not quite ready because I tortured them with putting in Lysic Variax electronics for me, mm-hmm. and it's stumping them a little bit. The wiring is apparently hell. Uh, but that's going to be the new guitar that I'm playing later in the year. So for this tour, I'm going to be using a guitar I've had for 20 years that started out as my model, Washburn, which was called the JB100, which you can no longer get. But it's, it's kind of, it's, it's got a left tall kind of neck, a short scale, mm-hmm. and uh, the rest of it is Stratocaster, although it doesn't look very stratty. It kind of looks like a bastardized hybrid, but it's my favorite song, very, very comfortable. It's full of signatures from people like Brad Paisley and Les Paul and Jimmy Page. Cool. So that is my gear. Uh, aside from that, I'm taking a mountain of stuff because uh, there's certain gigs that I'm going to need my own PA. So I have two of the Bose L2 towers and a giant Bose sub and a uh, I'm using projection for everything, so I hang a screen between them. And the 
RV that I'm taking out, the, the whole dinette section is going to be gear, so the table goes. <laughs> it's always a little lopsided, the poor thing. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the road. Yes. <laughs> I love taking the RV out, man. Waking up in the RV parks with the birds and all the old bitch people. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, like Pete Townsend said, right? Going mobile. Indeed, we are. <laughs> watch the police and the, watch the police and the tax man miss me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> so I'm. I I can't wait to see this. And um, folks, if you go to guitarradioshow.com and you go to our Facebook page, uh, you'll be able to see all the dates. Uh, for for this seminar and for the clinics, I'm going to be posting all that up there, so folks can see that for sure. Uh, it'll also be in the show notes for this particular episode on GuitarRadioShow.com. When do you think we're going to see uh, some more music from you? You know, I don't know. It's the whole industry has changed so much. Uh, you know, record companies are kind of history and. Mm-hmm. The idea that people can steal music and me putting 10 or 15 grand into a record that's more or less a gift, <laughs> I'm not real inspired right now. So I'm putting my efforts into other things like these instructional videos mm-hmm. and this seminar right now. Well, I'll tell you, this seminar is... I honestly, I think this is a this is a game changer. Going to be a game changer for so many people who are going to see it, and so many people who are going to experience this type of thing. Um, it'll get them to think in a, in a different way. Um, because you know, I mean, you know as well as I do. There's a lot of musicians out there uh, who work really hard, try really hard, and then when they don't get the results that they that they were hoping for. They get very dejected and get very, um, you know, disappointed. This is this is Absolutely. this is a game plan. Indeed, and, and mentioning that, one of the things uh, I'm going to be really digging into is millennial income streams. Because there are, there are ways to make money that I know none of my friends are aware of, mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, one one thing feeds another. Your YouTube channel can feed your uh, your website, it feeds your gigs, and it's you have to be on top of everything. Mm-hmm. And I know, you know, I've, I've invited several of my friends to come to the Portland date just because I want to see them get to the next level. I see them struggling, and they're so talented, and uh, I need to I need to hook my brothers up. That's it. Well, I got to tell you, this has been. Uh, real treat I mean a true honor for me to talk to you Um, to talk to a musician who uh, you know is the epitome of a working musician you know, that's what you are. I mean, you're you you've you've done it all. You've been from from uh, playing a, a smoky club to playing stadiums. You've run the gamut. You're the chameleon in our business. And uh, you know, I picked up a lot of information along the way. Yeah, and and sure. and 
I tell you, people are going to have to take advantage of and, and get in on some of that information because it's truly an exciting uh, idea. And, and it's been great to talk to you. Folks, you can go to Batten.com and find out more about the self-empowerment for the Modern Musician Experience Tour, which is taking place all this summer. How long will it go, Till? Um, you know, I haven't booked the last dates yet because I'm, I'm not sure if I want to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, could, this could essentially go forever, right? Right now, we're booked to uh, in the middle of September, and... Okay. I'm supposed to go to China in October, so I definitely need to put myself some time off in between. Cool. Well, Jennifer, please don't hang up right away because I want to talk to you after we sign off, but I want to thank you very, very much for being part of this today, and thanks for sharing this information. Sure. We'll see you. Well, folks, there you have it. Uh, Go to jenniferbatten.com or batten.com for more information on what she's doing. I hope this tour of her doing this runs forever. <laughs> I mean, it is so important. If, if, and, and if she doesn't want to do it forever, I hope she goes ahead and does something uh, online or a DVD or something of that nature that she can reach more people with this information because this is really, really valuable. It is the way, it's, it's so funny because this is the way I've always lived my life when I was on the road, when I was a working musician and doing that type of thing, you know, and not just doing studio stuff, you know, doing all, all sorts of other stuff, being on the road in particular. Man, I got to tell you, it is so, so great and it really resonates with me. So I want to thank Jennifer for being on the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I want to thank everybody out there who listens to this show all over the planet Thank you very much. Australia, Japan, Russia, all of Europe. Hello there. Canada. Hello, all my Canadian friends. How are you? Uh, Australia, all over. And here in the good old USA. Um, Thank you, everyone, for checking out the show. Don't forget GuitarRadioShow.com. Please don't forget about the giveaway. Go to Contact GRS tab on GuitarRadioShow.com. Put in your information I want those pickups, and especially now, don't forget, if you go to NikosUSAPickups.com, and if you purchase there and you put in GRS Rocks, all caps, one word, in the coupon code at checkout, you will receive 10% off your purchase, and you'll get a t-shirt. Very cool. I hope I get a t-shirt. Just saying. Can you guys hear me? All right. Anyway, we got to get out of here. Meantime, everybody take care of yourself, take care of each other, and keep on playing. And we will see you on the next episode of Guitar Radio Show. Thanks for listening. Peace. Everybody say, you, Ed. I like this crowd already. Productions.